Yo, 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 welcome to episode number 57 of the original Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, Adam. You can reach me at the Real 27 guy on Instagram or email me at basketballcardfanatic at gmail.com. Today's issue or today's episode is about reviewing issue number five of Basketball Card Fanatic magazine, which came out nearly two weeks ago. Um, It has been easily the most popular of, of the of the five issues so far and uh, I'm sorry that it's taken me so long to get back to you guys. I actually had all of my files on Google Drive completely downloaded. My office uh, changed our um, changed where our files are stored and I had all of my personal stuff all in one place and all that old stuff got deleted into a, a Google Drive file that is long gone unfortunately at this point. So I had to kind of rebuild how we how we do it. So my apologies on, on taking a little bit longer to get this issue out, but um, the, the issue has been met with really positive feedback. I need to thank massively those who are involved in it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But before I do that, I also want to thank uh, both Jeremy from Sports Cards Live and Brett from Stacking Slabs. Just want to say thank you to both those guys for their um, continued support. Uh, Jeremy has uh, continued to mention the magazine on his show. Um, it's worth mentioning about Jeremy, actually. I think I, I think I met, maybe mentioned this one time before, but uh, he didn't historically do his show in a podcast format. But I think about two months ago, maybe maybe longer ago than that, he has has now started putting his YouTube live show on um, podcast format. And if you're like me, that makes it infinitely easier to listen to and. So um, if you haven't checked it out, his, his guests are top-notch, and he's doing a really great job. And So I wanted to thank him for that and, and, and uh, let you know about his show a little bit. And Brett was kind to say a couple of really nice things about Issue 5 in his most recent show. Um, Brett recently got a new job, and I'm, I know he's slammed. He's probably not going to get the chance to listen to this, but uh, if you don't listen to him, his perspective and his outlook and his, and his positivity are all really important things I think right now in the hobby and he's a voice that I I listen to and I respect. So both those guys just give a massive shout out. But um, without further ado I really want to I really want to let you guys know those who participated in creating issue 5 just deserve a huge um, a huge pat on the back a huge round of applause. Uh, I always I always say things like issue five or issue three is really good or this issue is really good, guys. Issue five is like it's just awesome. It's um, it, the quality of the content and the design work is something that I'm really proud of because I I just didn't ever imagine when we started this that we could have something that uh, that could look so professional and could be so positive. And so today let's talk about some of the the reasons why uh, I am such a fan of issue five. Um, I'll tell you as we begin that it's the first, it's the most purchased uh, issue in the first week um, of any of the issues by far. Thank you to those who who um, who subscribed, by the way, and who, who have purchased the issue and who've shared it, um, have shared that they purchased it and subscribed online and to friends and things like that. Guys, that makes a huge difference. Um, it it's 
it's so awesome when um, you know some when people like like Kevin and I who are working so hard to make something and to build something that's special and hopefully um, benefits you as as you collect. Um, it it feels really good to have that support, and it also um, is obviously nice to receive that that little bit of financial support. Um, I I want to say I didn't want to I, I didn't want to say too much on this, but but Brett hit on something in his his quote about about the the magazine that I, I do want to I do want to mention real quick. He said something like, "Make sure you get the magazine the right way. Contact Adam and get it the right way." And I think. What Brett was implying there is that there are some people out there right now who are <laughs> enjoying the magazine, who are uh, reading the magazine, but aren't purchasing the magazine. And I don't want to come across as somebody who's like a total prude telling you, you know, when you should buy and when you should support and things like that. But I will tell you guys that it is a lot of work. And, you know, there's a reason that we put proprietary and confidential on every article. Um, it take it takes a lot of work, guys, and we want to make something that's about collecting. About collecting, we feel like this piece of content is really missing in the marketplace without BCF, and we feel like uh, the magazine fills that. Um, it's something that we that both Kevin and I have a lot of passion for, and we're working really hard on. And uh, the sense that that we get is that there's a lot of people out there right now who are stealing the magazine. Um, you know, if you if you purchase the magazine, I just want you to know, thank you, um, I, and we are grateful for your support. Um, but remember, by purchasing it, you're agreeing not to share it with other people. You're agreeing to, to that it's your that it's your issue and your issue alone. And so, um, please support the magazine and and thank you for for helping us. Um, you know, helping it helping it grow. Um, and uh, thank you for supporting those who whose content you consume. You know, if you if you concern cons- if you subscribe to Card Ladder, for example, don't share the, your your membership with other people. Like that's yours. If you, especially you know, some of these groups like um, like Card Ladder and like us, you know, we we really depend on on people who who engage with the content, who love it, and then and who pay for it and. You know, without that, without that support, those those things don't continue. So, um, and I've had a few people ask, "What if Adam? What if the magazine doesn't do really well? What are you going to do with the extra money from people who have subscribed?" Guys, the money is all still sitting in an account, and if the if the magazine doesn't continue to grow the way that we think that it would continue to grow, and if it just ends up being too con- time consuming, and if people don't love it the way that we hope that that it will, then we'll just give people their money back, and that's not the end of the world. Um, but I don't want to do that. I want it to grow and become a really important part of the hobby. So with all that said, um, I want to thank the people who helped create Issue 5 because Issue 5 is glorious. Um, I want to go through and, and talk about each of the things one at a time. Um, I'm not going to tell you all about the magazine because, again, I want you to buy it. But I want to tell you about the things, about some of the things, to give you a taste of why it is as good as I, as good as I think it is. You've seen the cover right now. You've seen the cover if you are on Instagram for sure, because I've put it out there a million times. The cover is of one of the most important cards of the 1990s. 
the 9798 EX2001 Grant Hill Essential Credentials Now that is owned by the one and only Spinatron. Um, and by that, you now know the pattern. Uh, Spinatron is our big interview for uh, the month of January. Um, but before I mention him, I'll tell you a little bit about the indices. We changed the indices up a little bit this, this month. Um, we uh, added along to the data as part of the indices a, a few notable cells within those uh, age ranges or those years. So for example, for the modern, under the modern index, we added um, an important card of uh, Luca that sold during the, mo during the month of December. We also uh, can see still what the year-to-date and uh, month-to-date uh, per performance numbers are. The reason that December is particularly important is you get a, a, a snapshot of what the whole of the, of the index did during the course of the year. I want to explain real quick why the indices are important because not everybody is familiar with an index. If you are, you can sort of skip ahead for the next minute because it's not going to make a lot of difference to you. But an index like the S&P 500 or like the Dow Jones Industrial Average tells you what has happened within a basket of assets for a period of time. So the modern index the pre-modern index and the vintage index in Basketball Card Fanatic each represent how that whole basket has changed over a period of time. Thus, um, as you look at these three indices for December, you actually get to see how the whole of that index changed during the year. You get to see the incredible performance out of, out of uh, the year 2020 for each of those three. I think that's particularly interesting because you know, you'll hear people who talk about how the market's blowing up or it's, you know, it's going down or whatever. It's actually just great to see a year-to-date percentage number because it says empirically how values changed. Now, irrespective of, um, of things like taxes and fees on selling cards, just straight-up value, um, the, the indices tell that story. And so, you know, we start with modern index, we move to pre-modern and vintage, and you can see how all three of them have changed during the month, during the year. And then in the case of vintage and pre-modern, I also have a 10-year uh, performance number. This data is all based on information that is gathered via card ladder, and uh, I'm grateful for those guys for allowing us to use um, to use their tool to enable us to to do these indexes. So I want to thank them for that. Um, I don't want to spoil too much on those three indices, but I will tell you that all three of them beat the S&P in the month of December, and you already know this, all three of them destroyed the uh, S&P during the course of 2020. If you want to see how much, uh, purchase, purchase the, the issue, again, $10 to basketballcardfanatic at gmail.com via PayPal, or you can always just go to paypal.me slash basketballcard. Again, paypal.me slash basketballcard. Okay, then we get to the big interview. The big interview this month was with the one and only Spinatron. Um, I have had very limited interactions with Spino over the years, but of course I've known who he is. Um, it's hard to not know who Spino is if you're in the high-end basketball card market. He has one of the most amazing, um, prolific collections of 90s cards and of Kobe Bryant cards 
uh, of anybody, uh, anybody in existence. And so I really wanted to start out this article by asking him about himself. And he did a really good job of just, um, you know, telling me where, when he started collecting and, and what he likes. Um, his, his interview moves to all sorts of different things. And there's a reason it's almost nine pages. It's because it's really good. It's all really good. Um, from cards that he's pulled to things that he likes to philosophies that he has. Um, but uh, I want to share a few things with you. I asked him this question. I said, uh, if something is easy to find, it probably it, it's probably not worth adding to your collection. Is that how you feel? Because he was kind of going along those lines. And this was his response. He says, it depends. I think most of the time, if I believe that I will find the cards easily or readily later, I wouldn't want to add them. If more than one person that I know has a card, then the card is not attractive to me. Uh, that's an interesting perspective. That's a perspective in life that I don't know will lead you to a lot of happiness, but it does feel like in card collecting that that is a common way to collect. And as I look at collectors who I admire, a lot of them have that same philosophy that rarity matters. You know, that's my, my saying, right? Rarity matters. Um, but also that, um, that a lack of rarity and an ease to find a card again or readily available uh, makes it makes it not attractive. Now, I will also um, combine that with the saying that I always use, which is "collect what you like." So, if you collect, if you want to collect something that's easy to find, and that's what that's what you like, I say, "Power to you! That's awesome." Um, but that's not Spino's uh, formula. Spino talks about his chase of the credential set, and in particular, how he actually came to acquire two, not one, but two. Kobe Bryant essential credentials nows. Um, amazing. He talks about um, what inspired him to get the second one, which is really funny. Um, and then he says, uh, he when talking about the set and, and how he's been working, how he worked on the set for a long time, he says, with a set like this, when you miss out on a very rare card, basically the game is over. So you get to go through this article and sort of understand like, like, like collect the set with him a little bit, feel a little, about, feel a little bit about what that was like. Spino also talks about the um, great exquisite collection that was made available in 2020 and how he had to move certain parts of his collection to, um, to be able to acquire some of those cards. The last part that I want to tell you about that Spino talked about, and I felt awkward asking this question because I felt like it was really personal, but I wanted to ask him how he felt about Kobe. And uh, January 26th, the one-year anniversary of Kobe's passing is coming up in just a few days. And um, I was really interested to hear how he felt about all of that. Um, I know if I look back to how what I thought on January 26th uh, last year, I did think about some of my friends who were collectors who, who I feel like really devoted a lot of their life to Kobe Kobe or uh, Spino talks about how he wanted to meet Kobe as an equal at some point and how he'll never get to do that and, and some other things that I thought were really special. And so, again, I really want to thank Spino for taking the time because, um, you know, he didn't have to and and uh, it adds credibility to the magazine along with the other three really amazing interviews we've done thus far. Uh, Spino was just awesome. So thanks, man. Appreciate you for taking the time to do that. 
The next article is called The Cons Wiener Rainbow. Kind of a funny name for an article in a basketball card magazine, but it's about um, a very famous and important vintage set that is probably considered all oddball. Um, and um, why that set included Jerry West, which I did not know. Um, this, uh, this issue, I should, I should mention, is by a very well-known vintage basketball card collector named Kirk Bull. I met Kirk at the National last year. Um, I think I met him with Kyle, actually, from Wax Museum. And uh, Kirk is just a wealth of knowledge and is just a lover of vintage basketball cards. He teaches in this article about some of the reasons why the the cons cards um, from the hot dog the hot dog comp company cons are so interesting to him and although i'm a vintage basketball guy there's a lot in here that i didn't ever think of you know some of the reasons why condition on those are so difficult and and uh and uh, kirk also talks about other things about jerry west and why he collects him that are, that are really interesting um Evan, or uh, who, who we all know as Geech Quest on the Blowout Forums, or Geech Quest Cards um, on Instagram, did a phenomenal job of, of reviewing Panini One and One. Um, I asked Evan on this on this issue if he would be willing to um, to do this when he told me that he really liked collecting. Uh, he liked One and One, and he had and he believed it was a really great product. And I thought his review was 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 special particularly when he talks about um he breaks down the math of the of the whole of like the he basically breaks down the whole of the math of the product from the downtown cards to the timeless uh, memories cards um to you know to the base cards all of it and and why why the card is in, why the set is interesting to him not only in that way but also you know from based on looks and 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 the things that he likes about it and the things that he doesn't like about it i think kevin did an awesome job with the with the banner on this one it it says why panini one and one should not be one and done on the panini one and one logo and i think it looks really cool um, that Zion number to 99 card, if you're a big Zion fan, is a really interesting one. I, the jury's still out on Zion for me. He feels like, it feels like he's really highly priced as most um, young guys are. And so I haven't jumped on any of those. But if I was going to buy a Zion rookie, that might be one that I'd be interested in. The next article is one that my son said is his very favorite article that we've, uh, that we've run to date. It's called Tales from a Grapher. And it's by at Connell underscore collection on Instagram. You guys probably all uh, all follow Connell. Uh, he is um, he's fantastic. He has a wonderful um, perspective on collecting, and you might remember his uh, chase for the Wilt Chamberlain autograph. I think about a year and a half ago now, uh, maybe a year ago, that finally came to an end. He just has a tremendous passion for the hobby. And uh, he tells a few stories in this article about how he started um, being a grapher, um, how he finds autographs, some tools, some sort of tricks of the trade. I wonder if he should have given them away for via this via this article because now other people are going to know those tricks and they're going to probably try those same things. But he tells a story in particular about about how he got Jalen Brown's autograph that is just awesome, and some of his work his artwork is displayed. In, in the um, in the article, um, he has a really unique hobby. 
he draws players and then he gets those drawings signed. And the drawings are awesome. Um, and we've featured a few of them in the magazine. And I'm thankful that, uh, that he would take the time to, to write that up because I think he did a great job. The next article, if you are an avid reader of the magazine, probably it seemed out of place. Um, but I want to, to talk about it a little bit. It's called The Investment Play, and it's by a 15-year-old collector named Collier Fuller. He's on Instagram. I'd suggest you go follow him. Follow him. He's at Collier Fuller uh, on Instagram. He reached out to me at one point asking if I um, had any Talon Horton Tucker cards. And I told him I didn't, and he said a few other things. And somehow, for whatever reason, I felt inspired to ask him if he was interested in writing for the magazine. Again, Collier's 15. And he said he would be interested, and then he wrote an article about Talon Horton Tucker, um, which I asked him to do. I said, hey, would you, would you write an article about Talon Horton Tucker and why you like him so much? And I was really impressed by this article. Um, Collier's perspective uh, as a 15-year-old I thought was really cool. He, um, he breaks down why he thinks that the idea of investing in Tucker is a really a good idea and why it might be why it may prove to be um, a, a great decision financially um, you know our magazine is not meant to be mostly about investing it's very little about investing there's so much investing content out there we're gonna not stay very close to that but I think it's important to recognize especially as we have a, a lot of new collectors that their perspective really matters. And if I'm really honest, the majority of my time in the hobby, I've been interested in buying things that I could sell for more money later on. We all start somewhere. And uh, Collier starts somewhere too. And, and you know, he's not just starting. He's not brand new at this. He's been doing it for a while. But his perspective uh, and the way that he comes at it in, in this article is something that I think he should be proud of. And I was proud to um, um, be part of publishing his article and love the artwork that, um, that Kevin did on this one and, and uh, loved him talking about the Optic Hollow Rookie. And I just hope it goes to a million dollars for Collier's sake. But I want to thank him for taking the time to do that. I think he did a great job. The next article is by everybody's favorite person in the hobby, the one and only The Lucky Show, G. Uh, the Lucky Show 05 on Instagram is, uh, if, if you don't follow him, which I'm sure you do, um, you should follow him <laughs> because he has an unbelievable collection. He's also just a great person. Um, G, is, um, G is a great guy, and his collection has grown in ways over the course of the last few years in value in a way that's hard to describe it's hard to um he's just gotten th things right over and over and over again and he just has such a passion um the point of this article he, you might you might remember if you got issue one he wrote an, an article about his luka Doncic cards and what it what it means to be a luka fan at that same time he had the idea of doing something with his steph curry gold cards well, last month, I, as, as the new issue was coming up, I, I thought it'd be really cool to hear from him again. So I asked him if he, would, if he would write this up. And what he ended up doing is he took it in a little bit of a different way than I thought he would. He actually ranked his, 
his Steph Curry gold cards. He has one Steph Curry gold prism from each of the eight years that prism has been out. And so he he's basically the expert on on those cards and he doesn't have any reason or any incentive to, to rank one card above another. The thing that I'll tell you about this is that a lot of times you'll hear people rank things or talk about things and they have an incentive to sort of change your mind. You know, if you just own a Michael Jordan star rookie, star XRC, and you don't own a FLIR rookie, you're probably going to tell the world that the star is a much better card, right? Because you want the world to recognize that. You want your asset to be more valuable in other people's eyes. That's how people behave in the hobby a lot. People are constantly sort of seeking to change people's perspective on things. And it's both wonderful and terrible at the same time. Um, because sharing what we have in the hobby is part of what makes it wonderful. But trying to change people's minds on what it's worth is not wonderful. It's uh, bad. The hard part is really telling the difference between somebody who just wants to share and somebody who wants to share to change value. Um, I think it's basically impossible to understand the intents of somebody's uh, heart. And, uh, and, but that's, you know, that's kind of what, what we're forced to do. G has no reason to, to put one thing above the other. He just got to say, this is what I love about him and this is what I don't love. And what's funny is on each of the eight, he's pretty, um, he'll, he'll tell you what he doesn't like about each of the eight cards, but his ranking is amazing and, um, and Kevin's uh, design work on this is just fantastic. So um, the last article of the magazine is called Wyatt's Art, Your Collection, which is by Kevin. Uh, also known as Black Griffin Cards on Instagram. You guys know that Kevin is the other half of Basketball Card Fanatic. Um, and he and I, you know, he and I work together on, on it. But he is, he is the uh, right brain to my left brain and does, does a fantastic job of um, designing and articulating. And he's, his, his piece is my favorite part of every, of every month's issue. He does this monthly... Um, he, he does a monthly column called Wyatt's Art, and he's focused on a specific set in each of the uh, episodes so far, or in each of the issues. Sorry, I always confuse those two words. Um, this issue, he didn't focus on a specific set, but instead focused on um, why your collection and the curation of it is art. And guys, it is so good. Um, Again, Brett from Stacking Slabs mentioned that this article was his favorite piece of um, his favorite piece of content that he, I think he said it's favorite piece of content that's come across his desk since he's been back in the hobby, and it might be mine too. Um, both Spino and uh, Kevin hit on things in this issue that really resonate with me in terms of like in terms of how you as a collector and as a curator get to make decisions based on what you have and what you don't have that provide, um, that create a collection that can either be measured great because, because of what you've accumulated or not. And that it has nothing to do or it's not totally related to value, right? There are, there are lots of people who have lots of money who can't curate a great collection. And there are lots of people who have very little who are able to curate an incredible collection. And that's what collecting is all about. And that's why your collection is art. 
um, because of how you curate it and what you should focus on. Um, I don't like the word should, um, but I think that I think that the way that um, the way that Kevin talks in this article is just. I just kept like nodding my head as I read. One of the lines that really sticks out to me is he says, "Great art collectors and curators are as respected as some of the best artists of a given of a given era. There is no reason sports card collectors shouldn't be considered in the same regard." He goes on to say, "You need to know your collection." So well, you can spot the gaps and then know exactly what card would fill it. When the gaps start to become the only cards you think about, you're on the right track. No part of your collection should appear arbitrary or out of place. The thing that I love about that is that, you know, that's up to you. Other people will determine how well you do at that curation, but like only you know whether something's out of place or not. Um... Again, his perspective is fantastic, and um, and I just I love them. I love what he did with with this article, and and in general, I love how this magazine turned out. Um, I'm really proud uh, of it, and grateful to be just a small part of it. Um, this this is the first magazine that I haven't written a substantial part of it. Um, I did the interview with Spino, and I did the indices, and I did. There's, there's still lots of me in this, but I didn't write an article for it. I, I don't think that'll be the norm. I think I will write for most of them, but um, I just, again, want to thank each of those people who were part of this magazine because I think you did such a great job, guys. You did a great, great job, and um, I think if, if somebody was outside our hobby and they came into it and they read this, they would leave going, wow, there's a lot of passion out there and there's a lot of different perspectives. One of the things that Spino says is that there's no way, right way to approach the hobby. Um, and there's no right way and wrong way. You've got to kind of find your lane. And I love that. I love that we can all be different and have our own perspectives and beliefs and um, that's about the hobby and about the world and um, and that we can come together sort of around basketball cards and we can enjoy them all together and uh, and have a have a great community. You're going to find as time goes by that there's going to be negativity. Um, you know, if you're new, you, you may not have experienced that yet. If you've been around a while, you, you probably have. You're going to experience, you know, there's going to be drama. There's going to be good things and bad things that happen. But guys, it's the best hobby in the world. And it's the best hobby in the world because of the collectors. Because of the people who care about the cards and the different aspects of it. Uh, Dr. Beckett talks about how he was never happier than when he was closer to the cards. The further he got away from the cards, the less, ha the less happy he was. It's not that he, I don't think he regrets any part of his, of his career, but, um, but it's interesting. Um, stay close to the cards. Don't go. Don't go too far away from them. Uh, if you've made it to this point in the episode, I want to thank you. Um, I've sort of, sort of started giving you people who make it to the end of episodes benefits for getting there. I'm not going to do that today. What I am just going to say is, if um, if you haven't ordered the magazine yet, I would love it if you would. I'd love it if you'd uh, share with others that you've subscribed. If you're so inclined, um, share that you've subscribed and that you do love it and and support the content creators out there in any way that you can, especially those that are enhancing your time and the hobby and making it a better place for you. So, and again, I just want to thank 
all of you listeners, all of you subscribers, and all of you who have helped make the hobby a better place for me and a more positive place. Um, I, uh, I, I ho- hope that uh, I hope that as we go throughout this basketball season that you'll love it, that all your hobby dreams will come true, and that uh, the hobby will be great to you. But if it's not, just focus on the cards. Don't compare. Don't you know? Don't try to be better than everybody else. Don't try to don't spend your way into financial ruin. Just have fun with it and have a great experience. All right, you guys are awesome. Thanks for joining me for today, and until next time, happy collecting.